What's going on, man? Talks Tribe. Hope you're having a great day. Today, I on this mini episode, I'm going to dive into the difference between what makes a man confident versus cocky versus being perceived as insecure. So this seems to be something that's come up quite a bit. You know, whenever I'm on a on a podcast, especially you know one that's directed towards men or being interviewed by somebody who's trying to you know serve men in some way, shape, or form, or even if I'm Working with women uh, on some platform to help them understand, you know, a a man's behavior, this is something that seems to come up quite a bit. So I thought I would address it on this little mini episode. So right out the gates, you've probably heard the standard, you know, body language tools, tips and tricks and all that kind of stuff. So first and foremost, let me just address this. Yes, body language is important. And no, it is not the keys to confidence. Sure, if you stand up taller and you have your shoulders back, and you're making proper eye contact, all of those things are going to give the a deeper air of confidence, right? Like men and women will be able to see you owning your space, right? Like that's what I call it, owning your space. So that's a, that's a first step. If you want to like really bring yourself into a more confident space pretty quickly, it's, it's very simple, right? If, if you're slouched over, you're not breathing properly, if your shoulders are caved in, you're not breathing properly, you look a little bit you know, weaker, more insecure, all of those send signals to other people, whether you know, it's somebody that you're trying to talk to at a bar, or whether it's your boss that you're communicating to, or your wife, or your kids, whatever the case may be. So really starting to tune into that is, is pretty important. You know, When you are wanting to communicate confidence, what is your posture like? You know, what do you normally default to when you're nervous? Because most people have a default mode, right? Whenever they're nervous or they're anxious or they're in a high stress situation, they have these modes of operation that will come out, that will come up automatically. So maybe you get in that high stress situation and your shoulders cave in, or maybe you start to stutter more, or maybe you say, um, you know, every second word, or maybe you say like, you know, there's a number of things, but starting to really be present to what your body language is communicating to other people. One of the easiest ways to understand what your body language is communicating to other people is to ask them. Now, this might be a little bit uncomfortable at first, but it is absolutely imperative. If you want to develop deeper levels of confidence, you need to understand how other people perceive you and you can't do that by yourself. So your homework, right at the gates, we're three minutes in, you got homework, I know, I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry, this is gonna help you. So your homework is really go out and ask three to five people that you trust and, and ask them, you know, what does my body language communicate to you in terms of my confidence? What do I do in terms of my body language that makes me look insecure or confident or arrogant, right? Those are the three those are the three sort of like categories and then ask them what they perceive you could do differently in order to convey more confidence. It's really, really simple, but it will give you some very clear data on how people perceive you based strictly on your body language, not even on your communication or any other piece, just strictly on your body language. So that's step number one. Step number two is something a little bit deeper. So I'm going to talk about two things past the body language. And the first one is about self-awareness. And self-awareness is one of those really, really, really important things for confidence. Because what it does 
is that it communicates to the other person, whether it's, you know, uh, one of your guy friends or it's somebody that you work with, a colleague, or it's somebody in the opposite sex that you're attracted to. It communicates to them that you are willing to look internally and ask some tough, tough questions and start to dig into, you know, how you work, how you operate, what makes you tick, what are your strengths, what are you not necessarily good at, what are the things that, that you're insecure about that trigger you, you know, self-awareness in an age where so many people are not self-aware, self-awareness is a competitive advantage, all right, I'm going to say that again, self-awareness is a competitive advantage, it allows you to look at yourself and be able to have the edge on somebody else who isn't willing and brave enough to really self-reflect and understand the, the parts that make them up. So in order to do that, it brings us to our third and final piece, which might be a little bit surprising, but it's vulnerability. Now, I know that this word for many, many people can be very confronting. Uh, you know, for, for most men, they associate it with weakness or you know, a lot of guys associate it with something that women do, but that is just not the case because most of the time we we hear the word vulnerable and we picture a guy as you know quote unquote being vulnerable and we picture this you know this weak frail little guy cowering in a corner or like running away from a challenge and and that's not vulnerability that's actually just straight up weakness. So you know, in in general, men have been raised oftentimes to suppress their emotions. Uh, which actually leads to more weakness, right? Being invulnerable, and I want you to like really tune into this one, being invulnerable is not the absence of vulnerability. It's actually the acknowledging of that which makes you vulnerable and then taking action anyway, right? So think about an army, for example. An army is only at its best when it knows its vulnerabilities, when it knows how it could possibly and potentially be attacked by the opposition or by the enemy, right? Now, I'm not saying that other people are out to get you, and I'm not saying that life is the enemy, but guess what? Shit happens. And understanding how we're vulnerable and the things that, that make us vulnerable are going to strengthen us. So for the sake of vulnerability, I want you to think about vulnerability not just as emotional vulnerability, but to look at this from a social and a physical vulnerability standpoint. Now, what I mean by that is, I'm going to give you an example. So recently, I put out a comment or question to my Facebook community, and I asked them, I, I asked all of the women, what is one of the sexiest qualities in a man, right? What is one of the sexiest qualities in a man? And of course, some women said confidence, and you know, there was a few things in there, but many out of the hundreds and hundreds of responses that I got, many of them re revolved around vulnerability, whether it was emotionally, physically or socially. So what do I mean by social or physical vulnerability? Because that can be a little confusing. Basically, social and physical vulnerability are putting yourself in a position to maybe be rejected, to, you know, giving an opinion that maybe other people don't want to hear but needs to be said, or putting yourself in a position to ask somebody out that you're really attracted to. Those are all positions of social and physical vulnerability, right? Giving a public talk can be a social vulnerability. Getting called on at work in, in a meeting in front of, you know, 20 other of your colleagues and, and getting called on to answer a question, that's social vulnerability. And how we handle ourselves in 
those moments. Those are the pieces that either make us crumble and feel and look insecure, or those are the pieces that build us up and make us appear to be very confident. Those are the building blocks of confidence, but they also embed in us a very distinct feeling and emotional response of confidence. So one of the keys in terms of being vulnerable in order to be confident is to sort of imagine this as bravery. Imagine this as having the the bravery and the courage to do things that would normally leave you feeling a little bit vulnerable, right? Asking that person out that you're really attracted to, or even just walking up and saying hi, right? You can start simple. When the boss calls out in a meeting, does anybody have any ideas of how to fix this problem? Normally, if you're the type of person that wouldn't speak up, to think of an idea, put your hand up, and then give it out, even if it's rejected, even if it's not going to get accepted or, or put into play, you are taking a step towards confidence because you're willing to be rejected. You're willing to put yourself in a situation that most people who are insecure, who don't have great levels of confidence, wouldn't be willing to do. Well, I hope that that helps you distinguish between insecurities, confidence, and cockiness. And uh, I hope that there's some valuable tools in there. So I encourage you to go out and uh, you know do the work to make it work. If you really want to build a deeper level of confidence, you're going to have to change some of the things that you're doing right now, which might feel a little bit uncomfortable. But guess what? Those are the exact components. They're going to help you build the confidence that you're looking for. So uh, get out there. Have some fun with it. Don't be afraid to fail. And if you want me to address a certain question, please feel free to reach out to me through the Man Talks Facebook page or through the community page. Uh, and I will be happy to answer it next week or the week after. So until then, this is Connor Beaton, founder of Mantox, signing off.